Hello, romantics. Welcome to It Pod to Be You, the Talk Film Society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mather, and each episode I'll be chatting with a guest about one of their favorite romantic comedies from classics to modern hits. My guest today is Sarah Sorrentino. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm very, very well. I'm really excited to be talking about this movie with you because it's one of my favorites. Um, Do you want to introduce the film? Yeah, we're watching, well, we watched Moonstruck from 1987, starring Cher, right? Cher? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I grew up with this movie. This is like, this is a family household romantic comedy. Yeah, do you remember the, actually the first time you saw it? It's just one of those that you just like have seen just like all your life. It's like playing over and over again since I can remember. Like it's one of those ones that like the family would just have in the background. My cousin Vinny is one of those as well. Like the very Italian American on VHS yeah, well, playing in your living room kind of movies. When's the first time you saw it? Um, I do remember the first time I saw this movie is like back when Netflix had uh, like their disc like mailing oh, yeah. thing and so i have somehow for some reason like this was just on our queue i can't remember like if i put it on there or like, my parents did but uh it's just, like it came we like my parents and i watched it and i i feel like they had probably seen it before but it was my first time seeing it and i think i was probably in like high school and it like became like i was obsessed with it and i watched it so many times like i bought it and like it got to the point where i could like um, like say the dialogue because like I had just like <laughs> seen it so many times and like um, yeah and like I actually hadn't seen it in like since like college um, and so watching it again I was like a little worried that it like wasn't as good as I remembered but it was actually better <laughs> yeah it was a major like movie in my childhood but then I kind of forgot about it yeah, and I moved from Jersey to Florida when I was um, like early in high school, and I remember I was taking like a drama class in high school, and a girl did um, Ronnie's monologue for her skit, which was already cool that she chose that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I I just remember that now, and it, it like reignited that like oh my god, this movie is so northeastern. Like it's yeah, yeah. It, 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 more so than just being like really italian it's very like new york new jersey like that's uh, any culture that's kind of how you talk to each other up there you just kind of yell at each other <laughs> and well yeah i mean i was i mean i wanted to ask like you come from an italian family and like how like is it i was just gonna ask if this is like accurate to like how it is or if it's like heightened or like what like how does it represent like that kind of household it's heightened but at the same time like if i take it very I don't know if I if I just think about it like when we are eating we're all in a circle around a table and we're having very passionate yelly conversations. Um, it's part of 
how we talk to each other. It's part of how I still talk to people and I don't realize that they don't understand that and think <laughs> I'm mad at them. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of been my life struggle. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that. yeah, that's kind of how we do it. And we just, we're very, at least I am, I feel like very matter of fact, like the women are in this film where we're just like, uh, okay, sure. Or like, you know, it's very, her mother and, uh, you know, Cher's character, both of them are very... I can't explain it. They're just they're just perfect, honestly. I love them in this movie. Yeah, this is a, a really good um, like family ensemble kind of movie, and like mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot of like an Indian household. It's kind of very similar. Like we're all just like gathered around a table and um, just like chatting, and like everyone's just kind of talking over each other, and mm-hmm. everyone's kind of like in everyone's like business, and we're just like laughing and making fun of each other and stuff. Yeah, and- that's a big part of it, making fun of each other. I've, yeah. I've been to family dinners of people I was dating, and they would have never done that. And then I brought them over to see my family, and my family's kind of just, like, really just being mean to one another. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. that's kind of how it is. And, like, uh, the other thing is, like, the kind of idea of, like, the multi-generational household. Because, um, like, I was reading online, like, a couple of years ago. I, like, I guess it was back in high school about how, like, in this movie, like, it shows, um, like, each generation, like, lives, like, it's like you move up the mm-hmm. house as you um, get older. Like, they, like, the kids are at the bottom, and, like, the um, eldest of the family is always at the top, because it's, like, I remember reading it's, like, because they're, like, closest to heaven, which I don't know if that's, like, a real thing, but that's <laughs> how, like, that's what they planned in the, in the film, and I thought that was really cool. Because, yeah, like, I mean, I grew up in a multi-generational household as well. Like, my, my parents and my grandparents, and that's very common in, like, Indian families. So I, I always like that part about this movie, too. I love that about this movie, but at the same time, I'm not going to pretend that is not how I was raised. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it might be, there's a little bit of a few things in it. Th- this family in this film is obviously wealthy. Um, yeah. I was not raised wealthy. <laughs> so I can't pretend to understand what it's like to have, like, a mansion in Brooklyn, but uh, at the same time, like I, I think that did exist for Italian American families. I think it's pretty much gone, as far as I can think of. Um, I have, I yeah. don't have too many friends that are that. I mean, I'm pretty far removed at this point. I'm sitting here with a last name, and we have some like pretty good recipes. But otherwise, there's no, you know, mother in Sicily. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so I definitely didn't grow up with my grandparents in the household. Um, yeah, we were all definitely a lot se- more separate than that. But again, this is late 80s. And, uh, you know, I am younger than this movie. <laughs> so who knows? This movie just has the, like, it has, like, an old world charm, which is probably why it feels so, like, removed from our lives. Like, even if, like, yeah, I mean, this is... You know, 30 years ago and everyone's lives are really different like I don't live with my parents um, mm-hmm. although I do have like cousins who do and live with their grandparents still but the way that it kind of traces back to like Italy as this you know old world like this like old country like it just has a very like magical feel to it and um, like the way they talk about like superstitions and you know the way they talk about mm-hmm. the moon like it just has like a very very specific kind of um, like world that they are trying to create here, and it's so it's just like really infectious. Like I just you feel it coming from the screen. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a fairy tale. Like it, there's a yeah. lot of fairy tale elements. I mean, if we, especially talking about the moon and its relation to uh, the opera. Is it La Bohème? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, they're doing that on purpose. It's it's grounded, but at the same time, it can't be. But because they try to throw those mystical elements in, I, which I love, I absolutely love it. But I also love that they kind of pick on their own throwing yeah. in those mystical elements. And I think the best example of that is um the older woman at the airport saying that she put a curse on the plane. And then Cher right back is like, I don't believe in curses. And she's like, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that makes me crack up laughing. But at the same time, I was watching that and my boyfriend was around. And he I have made him see this film before. And just this morning, I rewatched it, and he was—he didn't laugh. And I was like, "That's hilarious." He's like, "I don't get it." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't." I, I don't. I don't see you. it because it's like the, one of the funniest lines of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. There is a superstitious thing going on. It's another thing that I don't quite relate to, as like this far removed from being a, a pure like Italian American. I. My family's not like that. At best, they're they're like calm Catholics. <laughs> we're yeah. not we're not like just like very very strongly religious. Um, like I said, uh, we, we I don't think no one in my family speaks Italian anymore. Oh wow, it's gone. It's gone. Everybody, I can say angel hair pasta. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie still like I still relate to this movie again because of the way that people speak is still in the same kind of rhythm as what I grew up with. And this movie's also very specific. Like this is talking about like a very specific kind of household and very like specific part of the country mm-hmm. in a very specific period of time and like I've always thought that, like movies that are more specific are like more universal. Because you can just kind of relate to the like emotions, you can relate to the relationships, even if you can't relate to that exact same situation. Yeah, because uh, like this movie speaks to me so much, and like I'm not, you know, I'm not from an Italian family, and like um, I don't live in that part of New York, or definitely don't live in a mansion in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like when I was a kid, and uh, when Nicolas Cage invites her to the opera, and she like doesn't know how to get there. I'm like, she's a New Yorker, she doesn't know how to go to the opera. <laughs> But then, like, when I moved here and I realized, like, nobody really, like, you don't really go to the opera, like, when you live here. Especially if you're, like, living in this, like, East Brooklyn neighborhood where I doubt she ever goes into Manhattan regularly. She probably only goes, like, when she absolutely has to. And, like, there's just, like, this, like, little, like, secluded neighborhood that she lives in. And, like, that's her whole world. And that's, like, when I was a kid, I thought that was, like, so pathetic. Now, as an adult, I'm, like, that's so cool. Like, I wish I had that kind of neighborhood that, like, felt like a real place. Yeah. I And I was telling you before we started recording, like, I I grew up pretty close to New York City. And I never went to visit very – I mean, like, we would go on Christmas just to see, you know, a tree. (laughs) That that one tree. And and, uh, I went to – um, what's the Rocketeer Rockets? What's the Rockefeller Plaza? I went. There. Oh, the Rockets. I did. I went to the Rockets, and yeah. uh, that was something. If I remember, but that's really <laughs> it. Like uh, we never left. We, we stayed in our little kind of neighborhoods. We didn't really go off to. Yeah, and I especially can see someone like her not being like, I'm not going. I've never gone to the opera. I don't know how to get to that area of town. Yeah, I was trying to figure out like what. Um, what neighborhood in Brooklyn she lives in, trying to figure out, like, what trains are even near there, trying to, like, <laughs> figure out, like, how she would even know. Like, I guess she would be off the EF train, is my guess. Yeah, um, they they did just mention... Uh, all I heard was that they mentioned that she was in Brooklyn. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, they only have so many sets on this in this film. It's- yeah, well, 
Um, I also remember reading online that they, um, the director Norman uh, Norman Jewison, he had them like rehearse for a couple of weeks, like it was a play, because he wanted them to feel like really comfortable with each other, which is yeah. something that's like not not really done, especially for like a talky, you know, like human relationship type movie like this. That they like rehearse as like a cast in like a play, like really seals what this what we were talking about with like it feeling like a real neighborhood where it's just like this little secluded place yeah the way they talk to each other too yeah it's very yeah. it's a it, it feels very i don't know the rhythm of that is excellent and and that was important because uh some of these actors are not italian and they had to do this like italian northeast kind of accent yeah, like I know Olympia Dukakis, she's not Italian. She's I mean, Greek. She's a Greek, obviously. Dukakis. Um, and Cher is Armenian. Wait, Cher's not Italian? <laughs> Cher's not even a little bit Italian, guys. She looks Italian. She did it. Because but I've she's always. She's Armenian. <laughs> that's so funny because I've always, because of this movie, I've always associated her with like being Italian because she I just, know. Like, fits right into this movie. Me too. Me too. I just assumed. I was like, oh, she's the perfect Italian woman with her grays and like she's, oh, oh she's my beautiful. God, I love. But no, man, she's Armenian oh God, and that's, that's okay. She did a great this job. This is a part of you exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> that is easily researchable online. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Cage, I think, is Italian. Uh, yeah, he's related to the Coppolas, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's Coppola. He's a Coppola, yeah. so that's good. That's a, as Italian as you can be, goddammit. Yeah, I mean, they, they invented Italy. <laughs> they invented Italians. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a shock to me. I went through and read uh, Cher's entire Wikipedia page recently, not really sure why. Um, I'm kind of obsessed with her in this movie, though. She is amazing. I love her in Mermaids. I need to watch more of her movies. I think she's such a great actress. And um, I recently, just before recording, um, was listening to some of the commentary, commentary track for this movie. And she is talking about like her acting process and how she doesn't like research for her roles because she's so amazing. She doesn't have to. She yeah. Just, she said she lets the wardrobe do her research. <laughs> it was great. I mean, that's... Oh, my God. She's not even a New Yorker. She was born in California. Yeah. She's... she's this is... I mean, this is like... Wow. I feel like I need to rewatch this movie. and tan. With this and she has dark hair. <laughs> and she's from, like, California. She's Armenian. She's... It's amazing. Yeah. I think one of my favorite, like, realizations during this movie is... um. She she and Ronnie are in his apartment and he like picks her up and I'm just like, Do you know how tall Cher is? Like he yeah, just yeah. like sweeped her up into his arms with no problem. That was amazing to me. That was like To the bed. <laughs> <laughs> to the bed. He's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Why yeah. Is he well, just yelling. What's wrong with him? I mean, her performance is not only she's so funny. Like, I love the line where she's like, "I'm come to your funeral in a red dress." At the end, <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, that to that's a great line. Uh, but she also, just like she just has this like world weariness to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I guess that's probably why I felt like she grew up in the exact kind of neighborhood this movie takes place in because she just fits so right into this. Um, character is like superstitious believes in bad luck wants to do everything right just like keeps screwing up like it's a great great performance it's almost like she's forcing herself to be superstitious though 
Yeah, and, yeah. And that was that's kind of interesting. Is between like her her mother, who is very like do do what you have to do, like go you know go with your gut kind of person. And she sees her daughter being like very kind of strict and not as um, not following her heart. Really. Yeah. Uh, that, that's really interesting because she keeps on excusing it as being, oh, it was because it was bad luck, but it's actually she's just kind of scared to be emotional again. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Um, Deep cut. Yeah, my guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, overall, though, I, I love every single character in this movie. They are all so amazing. But this just this morning's rewatch... Um, the character of the mother is my favorite, 100%. Everything she does with her face in scenes is just so good. She's so tired of everyone's bullshit around her. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can relate to that. Yes, that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she... Um, yeah, Olympia Dukakis won an Academy Award for this uh, performance. She's like, yeah, you're right. Like, she just has like a really great face, like a lot of really great reaction shots, especially when she's talking to the the men in her life, like her yeah. husband, um, uh, her father in law, the professor she talks to, played by John Mahoney, <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, Danny Aiello. Like, just the way she interacts with them, it's like she can cut right through their nonsense and just like gets tries to like get to the truth of like why she's in this situation yeah i i just love that about the women of the film too because i mean Cher's character is also doing that maybe not to the same effectiveness because she's also dealing with her own bullshit but yeah yeah i just uh they're so great um i even i even love like the aunt and uncle and their whole subplot everyone's little subplots of romance is so cute and yeah well the yeah, the aunt and uncle, um, they introduced the concept of, like, the man as, like, a wolf, um, which mm-hmm. is, like, another fairy tale illusion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I love them, too, because they had their own little, like, side thing. Like, they're so, like, romantic, and, like, he, the uncle's, like, such a, like, dork, and the aunt is, like, so <laughs> over it. Um, and then I love how, like, when, like, they give Cher, like, the, the deposit for the bank, and she, like, doesn't do it, <laughs> and they come by, and they're like, do you have anything to confess to us? And she's like, they're <laughs> they like, thought oh. she pulled a psycho. She <laughs> 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 just ran off with the money. And, you know, I forgot about that whole little, like, subplot for a second, and I thought she had spent the money on getting her hair done and the dress, and maybe that was on purpose, that they're trying to make us think she did that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize all of that until probably this morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I can just imagine them like on their car ride or on the bus, whatever, <laughs> just being like, we have to talk to her about it. It's going to be uncomfortable, but we have to find out. She's so weird. <laughs> she's acting she's- weird. Where's our money? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, another thing, I, I like that she's like a little like freelance accountant. It's pretty cool. I like that career idea. She gets to do her own thing. I, I, I'm always a little annoyed with the kind of jobs they think women have in these like especially these older movies like every single girl in the romantic comedy is journalist journalist <laughs> yeah oh my god every, and they sleep with their subjects yeah every single time <laughs> you know what? A, a very major one i had to watch god uh godzilla 1998 godzilla or is it 89s i forget um I, yeah i think matthew, it's 98 matthew broderick yes oh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, that his love interest is 
a journalist who has to do shady stuff to to get the story at his expense, and then he forgives oh, it. And then, like, um, Mr. Deeds, the Adam Sandler remake. Yeah. That's a, a good example of wasting Winona Ryder. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of my least favorite, like, throwaway jobs they give to women, just to, like, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really... Doesn't really say anything about their like personality no. or their like intellect or their yeah or anything. Yeah, here like I mean, an accountant is such a like it's such a great job for like a weary New Yorker who's like over it. She just like <laughs> just looks at numbers, deals with like annoying funeral directors. <laughs> he was so weird. He never comes back. <laughs> yeah. like, I was about to say they just throw him away, and he's so eccentric. I'm like, what happened with him? Where did he go? I thought they were friends. And it's such a like weird scene to like start the movie with, like a casket, and then she's like doing the taxes or the accounting. Well, it's another yeah. major theme of this movie. It's like they just bring up death all the time. Everyone is yeah. like threatening to kill themselves. Um, even even uh, her mother threatens to like punch her her father in law to death if he gives one more plate away to the to the dogs. Or she yeah. said she's gonna kick him to death. Oh my god, it was amazing. Oh, so and that's great. something we would say. Like we're not we don't mean it. But yeah. if you do that thing one more time, we will kill you. That's it. I'm just trying to imagine like my mom saying what to my like my dad's dad back <laughs> back in like the eighties. I can't we'll imagine. Say, like, we'll say anything to each other. We don't yeah. care. <laughs> Even like my grandmother, if her sons are being annoying, she will tell them. And she's you know, she's like in her mid eighties and she'll just be like, Shut up <laughs> I just imagine like a tiny old woman. Yeah. Who's, like, everyone's afraid of. She's going... <laughs> yes. Yeah, the women are, are very terrifying in the, in my family. And uh, I feel I mean, like that's very it. much the same here, too. So I like it. Yeah. Well, you know, the theme of death, I think, is so interesting because, um, like, even... I think it's, like, all the men seem to be just afraid of death. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I wonder if that's, like, kind of tied to, like, male ego and just, like, afraid of, like, leaving... Yeah, it's like 100% behind. Yeah. Men yeah. have this thing where they're afraid of they're afraid they're not going to leave anything behind. And women have, kind of have to deal with men's fear of that and like exist around it. I'm not not that women aren't afraid of dying, but there's something to the fact that like it's it's men's name that goes on children, like last name and on marriage, on any possession, and women are just kind of second to that. Well, I also think that, like, men aren't traditionally um, encouraged to, like, express themselves in any meaningful or healthy way, mm-hmm. especially in, like, the 80s, especially in this kind of, like, immigrant household, um, which is something I can, like, relate to with, like, Indian families as well. Um, so they act out their, like, fears and anxieties in ways like, you know, cheating on their wife or, you know, <laughs> burying themselves in some, like, hot oven <laughs> In a bakery. <laughs> just yelling about bringing the big knife over and screaming at their <laughs> job about how much bread they make. And bread is life, and I bake bread. It's, um... Yeah. Yeah, men are, men are dramatic. <laughs> and men I are mean, dramatic we're definitely in this, a hysterical... Yes. And men and, are dramatic to a point in this film that make them, like, come off as silly. Yeah. And, I, and it's... I like that about this film, because it's usually the women who are at the expense of that, in romantic comedies especially. Oh, that's absolutely true. And 
Um, even like Danny Aiello, like he is so obsessed with his mom's death, he like won't do anything until it happens. And of course, she's the one that cheats death and gets this miraculous recovery. She was amazing too. She's just in the background, <laughs> like, take me. <laughs> when will it come? I'm like, oh, I love you. <laughs> I have a hard time watching a lot of classic, or like not classic, but the romantic comedies that I grew up with were the ones that my mother watched. I always felt were, I don't know, just didn't take like women too as seriously as I wanted to be, or not even just seriously, but just I want I want to see competent non-silly women on screen sometimes it both there's room for everyone but when every single one i watch is just like women at like i don't know it's just women making like fools of themselves because they're in love it's not as exciting to me as seeing this film that has these women like just holding down the fort and these men like like learning lessons just i mean you, the very end of this film, she's like, "I just don't want you're. I don't want you to see her anymore." And he's just he gets angry, and then he's like, "You're right." <laughs> he's like, "Okay." Yeah. That is just such a great scene to me because that's how things, I think, are resolved more naturally in life, especially in my type of family, than than what I see on screen. Yeah, like what is he really going to do? Like he is. He knows he has to end it. Like, there's no future there. And, like, he's not going to, like, leave his wife for this, like, I don't know, Mona character. Who is, like, kind of a queen. Like, I kind of love Mona. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I have nothing wrong with her. I I kind of feel bad that they talk crap about her. Like, she's doing her own thing. It's not her fault that he's being a dick. I mean, she might be aware. She probably... She's aware. But I'm sure she knows. She's doing her own thing, though. Like... Yeah, I'm sure he, like, gaslit her in some way. Yeah, poor girl. (laughs) Uh, I mean, actually, like, I think it's, I think a character like um, the dad, uh, Cosmo, played by um, Vincent Gardini, I believe his name is. Oh, he's uh, Italian. Yeah, he's Italian for sure. Um, <laughs> and uh, I like his character a lot. Like, he's pathetic. He's, like, cheating on his wife. He's, like, definitely, like, acting out. But, like, he's a very sympathetic, interesting character, and I... Think, like even though like this movie has like its men be like totally like silly and like hysterical, like they're still like portrayed and like written with like sympathy, and yeah. you can you can kind of understand like what's going on. Yeah, I'm not mad at the, yeah. any of the male characters. I I like that they're more over the top in comparison to the women characters. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think that's uh, pretty interesting because you know, like I said, they a lot of these films go out of the way to make the women look crazy. Right. And uh, this film doesn't, and that's really cool to me. Um, although he's so... One of my favorite scenes is when he gives Mona the bracelet or the necklace, and he's mm-hmm. like, it's birds and stars because birds fly to the stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a his, dumb line. His whole demeanor. She's so impressed. Yeah, his demeanor in all of those scenes, like the way that he's just like got his, his lower lip a little bit pouted out, and he's just trying yeah. to do his best, like, godfather. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good, because you could tell he's, like, he thinks so highly of it. Well, it's, I don't know if he thinks highly of himself, but he's just, like, he's just trying to handle the situation with so much precision. Like, he he needs to look around before she kisses him. Yeah. And she's like, you didn't say you like my dress. And he's like, it's, it's, I like it. It's bright. But then he's also nervous that it's bright. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still looking around. 
It's well yeah. acted. It's exceptionally acted. This is your place. That's right. So this is where we were going. Yeah. You know, we had a deal. You told me if I came with you to the opera, then, then you'd leave me alone forever. And I came with you. Now, I'm going to marry your brother, and you're going to leave me alone forever. Right? A person can, can see where they've messed up in their life, and they can change the way they do things, and they could even change their luck. So maybe, maybe my nature does draw me to you. That doesn't mean I have to go with it. I can take hold of myself, and I can say yes to some things and no to other things that are going to ruin everything. I can do that. Otherwise, you know what? What good is this stupid life that God gave us? I mean, for what? Are you listening to me? Yeah. Everything seems like nothing to me now. I guess that I want you in my bed. I don't care if I burn in hell. I don't care if you burn in hell. The past and the future is a, a joke to me now. I see that they're nothing. I see they ain't here. The only thing that's here is you and me. I want to go home. No. I'm going to go home. No. I'm freezing to death. Come upstairs. I don't care why you come. No, that's not what I mean. Loretta, I love you. Not, not like they told you love is. And I didn't know this either. But love don't make things nice. It ruins everything. It breaks your heart. It makes things a mess. We, we aren't here to make things perfect. The snowflakes are perfect. The stars are perfect. Not us. Not us. We are here to ruin ourselves and and to break our hearts and love the wrong people and and die. I mean that the storybooks are bullshit. Now I want you to come upstairs with me and and get in my bed. I mean, speaking of the great performance, we have to talk about Nicolas Cage, who I think is, like, <laughs> so good in this movie. Do you think Nicolas Cage is hot in this movie? I think so. I mean, he definitely has that, like, well, it's kind of like the two, the two sides of, like, you know, being an attractive guy. Like, he has that, like, rugged, like, I'm going to take you to the bed because I'm a, like, baker. <laughs> but then he also, like, cleans up really well and he's, like, romantic. Sometimes I think he's hot and sometimes I'm like, ugh. I mean, that's a Nicolas Cage thing, though. I think it is. It's like I was very back and forth. Like, listen, chest hair, A+. plus Would touch. But otherwise, I'm very, like, confused. Especially during his first monologue. I'm like, he's missing a tooth. (laughs) Oh, my God. That monologue is great. He's screaming. He's threatening suicide. I'm not attracted to that. But, yes, when he just picks her up. Yeah, that was that was nice. That was some good. That's some quality. <laughs> you like that? Some quality stuff. I, I that's quality it. cinema. Yeah. <laughs> good cinema. Well, since you went like the opera, blaring, like it just has this like um, theatrical, um, theatrical feel. It's just so over the top, but like in a very like really like funny, interesting, romantic way. Yeah, I I I don't quite understand his character fully. Um, I've never met a man who is a baker who lost his hand who's obsessed with the opera. He's he's uh, he's quite a character. <laughs> I don't quite get it. 
Um, I feel like I understand Cher's character, and I'm like, I don't know why she's going for this crazy lunatic type, but um, fine. As long as he treats her well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, think- I mean, I guess he's like the he's like the over-the-top one that kind of like blows into her like life, where she's trying to be like, do everything by the book, and he's the one that's like gonna take her on this like whirlwind romance that just is totally wrong but also just totally right it's just very like i don't care if i go to hell i'm like oh dude chill (laughs) that's not romantic this is your like second date chill (laughs) um but it is very nicholas cage i think it's the best version of nicholas cage going wild in a in a in a character and it's still connecting yeah (laughs) because otherwise i think of like what's that vampire one he did Vampire's Kiss? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's not the same as this. <laughs> I mean, I guess by placing that kind of energy in this kind of, like, grounded, but, like, fantastical, like, romantic comedy, it, like, it fits better than it would if it was just, like, him in some, like, dumb action movie where everything's so over the top. I don't think he could do it again. No, this is a definitely a once-in-a-lifetime. This is a once-in-a-lifetime romantic comedy role. I never want to see Nicolas Cage as a romantic lead. <laughs> I never want to see him kiss anyone or take anyone to bed. Or, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, God. Um, but, you know, shouts out to Spider-Man Noir. You were great. I mean, yeah, like that's, <laughs> that's the logical next step. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about, um, like, the, uh, like, the costuming and, like, the music, stuff like that? I think for the most part, I was obsessed with a lot of the outfits. Um both Cher and uh, what's the mother? What's like actress's name again? Olympia Dukakis. Olympia. They are dressed in this like the jackets they wear. I I don't know. Is it tweed? Like you yeah, know, yeah. Gray. Uh, I want to wear that stuff, and I can't find it anymore. <laughs> I want to wear. I want to dress like that. Like they're like like a matching like tweed t- like jacket with the tweed skirt. Yeah, yeah. Bring it back. Let's go. I'm ready. Tweet yeah, I, mean, I, I bring I bring up the costuming because, like, I agree. Like, the, I, I mean, I love clothes from, like, the 1980s and 1990s. And, um, like, I just love how, like, Cher looks so, like, dowdy. But it's so believable, even though she's so glamorous. Mm-hmm. And then she has her makeover. And it doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't feel like she's like as a star being like I don't want to look like this for the whole movie. If like it feels like really natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not creepy. It's it's like nice. It's like within the realms of what the character looked like before. And I love the scenes with her talking to her like friends at the beauty salon. That like none of them have been to the opera. Have you been? Have you been? But that kind of just <laughs> cements the fact that people don't just go to the opera just because they live nearby or like are yeah, in yeah. New York City. They don't just go over to the Met and go to the opera. That's unrealistic. Yeah. I'd also say like her whole scene where she's like, "I'm going to pour myself some wine and sit in front of the fire and look at all the things I bought." Nobody does that. That was that took me out of the movie. I'll be honest. Oh, really? Because like that's my favorite scene. No, it's so <laughs> weird to me. That was the only part I was like, really? No one does that. I don't go to to Old Navy, bring back like the two pairs of shorts I bought, and like <laughs> drink some wine and look at it. That's weird. I mean, I did it last time I bought some shorts at Old Navy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I just did that yesterday, Sarah. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just like, yeah, I actually like really love the, um, 
the like makeover scene it just doesn't like I mean, makeovers are such a like rom com cliche that like nobody likes anymore. But like with this movie, like I know this is like before all that. Like that's mm-hmm. like very nineties two thousands. Um, but like with this movie, this felt like a real. It felt like an earned transformation, not just like you know we got to put like the girl in like fashionable clothes. Yeah, but also the interaction, like of like the hairstylist being like, "I've been waiting for this moment." Yeah, was very yeah, yeah. very funny. Like it's her normal girl who's just like, "Finally, you, I'm Finally, gonna yeah. convinced you. I can take the gray out." Oh my god! <laughs> Despite that, though, I love the gray. I yeah, I, mean, I thought she looked great in the beginning oh, yeah. scenes. It has that like that like cool like kind of like frumpy dowdy look that's like kind of chic now. <laughs> if I could look, if I could have dark hair with gray in it, I would just be so happy. Like that would be amazing yeah, well, to me. I guess when you're in your late thirties, that's that'll be the. My issue is I don't even know if it'll happen because every woman in my family has been dyeing their hair since they were fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I'm going to have to wing it. I'm just going to have to stop dyeing my hair in the late in my late 30s and see if ha- something happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? That does bring up something that I also love about this movie, that um, Cher is playing a character that's like, what did she say, 37? Yeah. This is not a young woman romantic comedy, and that's so awesome to me. Yeah, well, that's a great point that I um, was thinking about because, like, I remember, like, when I first saw it and thinking, like, she was 37 and... Um, I was like when I was like 15 I was like that's so old but like that's only seven years older than I am now like that's not that's not that far in the future yeah yeah it's it's nice it's nice to see a different I don't know like we said there's multiple generations to this film but nobody's just like young and like a hopeless romantic everybody's like grounded and has had some yeah. history and she's actually um a lot she's almost 15 years older than uh, wait, hold on. I'm trying to do the math. Nicholas Cage <laughs> was born in 1964. Uh-huh. And she was born in 1946. So wow. 18 years. Yeah, she's Get 18 it, years older. Get it. Yeah. And, like, I mean, he, and it's not like he's playing, you know, 18. I mean, he's playing his age, or at least close to it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's probably playing, like, two or three years older than he really is. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, get it, you know. Do it. Um uh, I'm. I think I mentioned to you before we recorded, but uh, again, I, I watched a good bit of the commentary because I was just like, I figured I put it on. And she, every time she refers to Nicholas Cage, she calls him Nikki. She's like, <laughs> I had to have Nikki. I told him I wouldn't do it without Nikki. Oh, like, oh, oh she handpicked him for the role. Yeah, so there were two people up for it. She recommended him, and there was another gentleman up for it. They did not say who it was during the commentary track, and. Um, and uh, she's at a certain point. She's like, I, I can't do it without Nikki. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, I'm, okay, I'm looking at IMDb to see if maybe I can, we can figure out who this person was. I know we should. I want to know who it um, was. Yeah, we should also mention that um, John Mahoney is in this movie from uh, Frasier, but this <laughs> yeah. is like a couple years before Frasier. Uh huh. And like it was so weird seeing him because like I mean I've watched Frasier like my whole life and it's like always weird for me to see him in like other roles so I'm like um where's your dog (laughs) there's so many relationships in this movie too I mean all these you know his whole thing is so cool and then I like that he ends up interacting with um the mother character and how that interaction goes yeah I mean that's like I think like their scenes are kind of the whole like central like theme of the movie 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I can't. Uh, there's no. There's no thing on IMDb about who was else in the, in the running. Who was up for Ronnie? Who yeah, was I have it? no idea. <laughs> it must be like someone, whoever was famous, like at this time, like Tom Cruise. Know. Let's make the rumor. Yeah. <laughs> She's going down the rumor. Tom Cruise was up for Ronnie. Everybody, <laughs> he lost out to Nikki. <laughs> oh, Nikki. <laughs> Oh, and like the restaurant, like I love that that place. Like I, I feel like if I went to like a restaurant enough times, I would like build that kind of like relationship with it. That was a real restaurant. Oh yeah, with that name, they didn't shoot in the restaurant, but they but um, it was, they, like, based. It was based off the restaurant of the same name in the same area. Yep. Yeah, commentary tracks. You should <laughs> listen to them, kids. You learn a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just like really love this movie. Like, I kind of want to watch it again tonight. <laughs> Even I just watched it. On I want to eat. I want to eat Italian food. I, there's oh, no. God. I'll tell you, there's no restaurants like that restaurant in Texas. <laughs> I would be so happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even like the um, like the egg dish that the mom makes. Oh yeah, but like, it's uh, like, it looks what so they, good. So everyone calls it something different. Um, I think I call it uh, egg in the egg in the nest or yeah. Um, I I've been making those forever. Um, the only reason we had shot glasses in the house was to make that. <laughs> like we don't really drink like that. We just had shot glasses to get the hole in the middle of the toast and put the egg in. <laughs> and I, I didn't really understand, but I guess that is like associated with. It might be an Italian American thing. I have no idea. I just yeah. I mean, I've never had that before. It's it's really good with sourdough, guys. Try it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, All the food well, is amazing in this movie, though. Yeah, I mean, it's everything just looks so good. Like this movie is just so like um, handsomely made. Mm-hmm. It's um, the cinematography was uh, done by. I lost the IMDb page. I was looking at Nicolas Cage. Um, <laughs> I was done by this guy named David Watkin, who had done like Out of Africa, Chariots of Fire. So he's like prestigious guy mm-hmm. in this like eighties time period. Um, All the sets, even though it's such a like you know inside movie, like this, but it just looks so. It just has like it kind of feels like epic in a way. Like it has like you feel like you're watching an opera, which I guess is part of the point yeah i mean it's and it's also goes back to you're talking about how the director rehearsed this like it was a play he um if i in the commentary he he mentions that that was on purpose because uh his last films were based off of plays they were film adaptations of plays and uh that's how he treated this movie too yeah so all of like the way that people were sitting next to each other when they spoke and the way the sets were were supposed to be like that and it's interesting because, like, the guy who wrote the movie, John Patrick Shanley, I mean, he won an Oscar. Um, but he's that sounds like a very Irish name. I mean, I guess he could he's be not Irish Italian. Italian. Yeah, he, but yeah. he said he was. Um, I think he. I think he said he was. Uh, he grew up in uh, the Bronx, uh, in like a Jewish Italian neighborhood, and like he'd yeah. go to his his Italian friend's house, and they'd just be yelling. And he was inspired like that, and he just like really wanted to be part of that kind of culture. Which is what it's like when you when I bring people over to meet my family. <laughs> <laughs> not as much wine, though. We don't drink wine like that in my family. I don't know why we are not like that, but my family is very, very small. We don't. Have, I don't have a very extended Italian family. It's like yeah. two uncles on one side, two aunts on another, and uh, yeah, we don't drink wine like that. And I kind of wish I did. 
mean, you can start the traditions. I'll start it right now. I'll go out, open a bottle. Wait a sec. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm missing out. Yeah. Drinking wine in front of the fireplace, looking at my shoes. I mean, look, I, it's a fun thing to do <laughs> after you go shopping. After you go shopping. But it's, I mean, like, it's probably one of the only times she's like, alone in that house. That's so. true, too. <laughs> she says, anybody here? No, I'm turning on the fireplace. <laughs> With her yeah. smooth 80s jazz. <laughs> smooth 80s jazz. <laughs> <laughs> This week's so 80s. It is. It gets very 80s. <laughs> yeah. So before we finish, I just have to talk about my favorite character, Chrissy. Oh, poor Chrissy. Uh, the little mousy baker's assistant who's like, she's such a bitch to share. Like, <laughs> she gave her a look like, she- mm, yeah. I'm not introducing you to my man. Yeah. She was then, uh, like, very uh, sad. I love this man, but he doesn't know, know. it. And then the other one just kind of like, very like <laughs> bitchily like, like brushes her hand against her arm, but like barely. It's so I'm funny. Like, uh, okay, kid, let's go back to work. <laughs> you left. You left the cash register. Came down here and just hung out. <laughs> yeah, like, back to work. Like customers, yeah. It's An- um, another great. tidbit from the commentary track. Uh, I I didn't even listen to the whole commentary track, but they did say they were gonna give Chrissy another scene, like a oh yeah yeah scene. I think I read about this what yeah was it again? Well, she was going to like look up at um, uh, Nicholas Cage's like apartment and see the light on with them in the in his apartment him and uh, Cher and then the light would oh, go wow. off and she would be like sad oh, <laughs> she lost her Chrissy. man I know and they took it out. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have been able to handle that much emotional trauma. <laughs> Too many love like subplots, you know. You got to cut some of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you have any like final final thoughts you want to bring up? Yeah, just that this is one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> it's just perfect. Yeah. Everything is perfect. Uh, we didn't even get to talk about um, the, the great grand or the grandfather character and how how like he's so oblivious to what's going on oh yeah he's so confused he's like crying at the end he's like what's wrong he's like i'm so confused <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah, i love that's that. like he's he's great i love his dogs oh his dogs are good good boys yeah i mean like that final scene is just like perfect it's just like the best the best way to end this movie um everybody facing each other in the kitchen yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I love this movie, too. Like, I think, like, um, it's it's so funny because, like, this movie was... This movie won, like, Best Actress for Cher and Best Original Screenplay. Um, and it beat uh, Broadcast News, which is, like, another, like, 80s romantic comedy that's, like, very, like, grounded and, like, sophisticated and smart. Um, mm. Which I covered on this show a couple months ago, so you should check that out. Um, I will watch and it. yeah, I mean, I love, I love this movie. I like, I can't believe I haven't, I hadn't seen it in like over ten years. It's so good. I have it on DVD. Looking yeah, at so do I. Although it's streaming on Amazon Prime, which is how I saw it. Oh, I could have watched it from my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> it's only so late. I was in the living room like a commoner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, again, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to rewatch this because I have seen it a few times, but um, I'm happy I did. I feel like I, yeah, I got yeah, to see some too. things that I would normally wouldn't pay attention to. Yeah, um, there's just like a lot of details. Um, yeah, so many details in this movie. And like, I don't, I just love That's Amore by Dean Martin. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love Dean Martin, and like, this wow. movie introduced me to him. It reminds me of Olive Garden. 
<laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Gives me some real yeah, it is very much Olive Garden like... flashbacks. You got some PTSD, but it's um, it's it. I'm not saying it's a bad song, but <laughs> yeah, but it does feel very much like um, like guaranteed for like mainstream like success, like Italian stereotypes <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> like it is very much an Olive Garden song, but I mean, you gotta love the endless breadsticks. <laughs> endless breadsticks. When you're here, your family. <laughs> and let's end it there, Sarah. Where can people find you online? You can find me at my personal Twitter, which is at Sarah, S-A-R-A, Sorrentino. I'm not going to spell my last name. Um, I'm also on two of my own podcasts, which is uh, first, We Forgive You, and uh, second, which is sequels with two E's in the beginning. Like, you see sequels. Do you get it? Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm also I, the I just got it now, actually. Up top from site. No, you didn't. Did you really just get it? No. <laughs> So like, Sarah, you misspelled sequels, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep with the keyboard. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Manish89 and uh, follow my podcast on Twitter at pod 2 you And um, please watch this movie. It's amazing and perfect. And thanks for listening. Bye. When you dance down the street with a cloud at your feet, you're in love. When you walk in a dream, but you know you're not dreaming, signore. Excuse me, but you see back in old Napoli, that's amore.